Hello, everyone. My, you're listening to Raising the Bar, and my name is Cass, and I'll be your host for this evening. Today, we're going to be interviewing Emily and Dawson, whom are both online health and fitness coaches. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so my first question to you both is what are your favorite colors and what draws you to that color? What does that color signify for you? Okay. Emily, do you want to go first here or? Yeah, I can go first. Um, okay. I really like turquoise um, because I don't, I don't know why I like it. I just, <laughs> It's like very, wow, we're off to a great start. <laughs> um, you got it, don't worry. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I really like the color. Um, like, I wish I'd painted my room turquoise, but I, we were, I was really young when I painted this room and we painted it like this weird pink color, but it's not as bright as it was when we painted it. But yeah, I don't know. I just really like turquoise because like it reminds me of the ocean and um, I've always wanted to live not where I currently live. Like I really want to live somewhere <laughs> where it's warm and there's like beaches and palm trees. And like I've always envisioned myself like climbing up a palm tree because I'm really good at climbing and because I'm short, like I've always been a climber to like reach things like you should see me. I mean, I haven't gone food shopping in a very long time because of the pandemic, but when I used to, I would just climb on the shelves. So <laughs> it's I like your spider climb. monkey around the store. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's so funny though, but yeah. So I don't know. I've always liked to climb and I just have this image of myself climbing up a coconut tree and like getting my coconut. Not that I would know how to open it, but like that's, I'd figure it out. Yeah. I start somewhere. Yeah. Figure it out um, along the way. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I just, because I can't necessarily bring myself to the warmer places. Uh, I don't know. I feel like if I can't bring myself to it, I bring it to me. So I don't know. I mean, I like to eat bright colored foods, like, you know, like lots of fruits and vegetables because in my mind, it's almost like I'm bringing the summer to me, even when it's not the summer. Um, and so I don't know, that's just how I feel about turquoise. It makes me think of like, the ocean and just like happiness and purity and I don't know that kind of thing so that's my answer okay um well first off for the podcast here real fast um so Cass brought us a bunch of questions today that we're just going to be kind of doing interview style so as you probably realize like me and Emily have no idea what we're being asked today so we're just going in blind but we're here for it um, <laughs> yes my favorite, favorite favorite color there we go is is purple what shade of purple uh it depends honestly depends on my mood some days like i really like that deep like almost like that royal purple almost where other days i'm kind of more like i'm like that neon purple vibe i guess why am i drawn to it i like the royal purple because it just has like this deep like it's very like just deep, like almost like comforting vibe, but it almost like does have like that royal sense to it in a way, which take them as you will. Um, I don't know. I just kind of just really like the vibe of it. Um, when it comes to, like a lighter, like that neon purple, that gives me just almost like the garage, like um, retro vibe, if you will. And yeah, that's kind of just my thing, I guess. Nice. nice. I, I like the color purple. I like the color purple too and blue. Oh, purples, they're both, I think they're, they're good colors. I don't know. I'm here for it. Yeah. It also doesn't help that like on my Instagram, I literally have like six different shades of purple right now because I can't keep one, one straight. So we're just, that's the vibe, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you for answering that question. The next question is even deeper. Um, and I know some people might be afraid of deep questions. Um, but the second question is, what is the most painful lesson you've learned this year or the past few years? 
first of all, I'm okay with deep. Like, yeah, no, I'm same. a deep thinker. Like, we're all people, we're humans. Um, you know, like, it's okay. Um, we all experience things. I think being honest is a good thing. Some people are not as open, but I mean, I think we all experience stuff. So right. we've, dove, we've dove deep on this podcast before. So yeah, no, I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, can I go past, I mean, you said like the past few years, can it be like, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I don't know. I have to think about this for a second. Maybe like, I don't know. I've, I mean, I've learned like several, I guess had several different, what was the question? Like painful experiences or alert lessons? Uh, yeah, painful lessons you've learned this year or the past few years. Okay. Um, that like, I'm trying, sorry, I'm trying to like figure out the right way to say it. Like usually I come with notes and I'm prepared. So this is like a different kind of podcast, but it's all good. Um, At least now pulling out what I usually do. <laughs> yeah, we're just like, oh, what? <laughs> so. Awesome, with no notes. <laughs> um, here, Emily, I'll go first in this one then while you, okay. you want to collect your thoughts there. So I think probably one of the most, I guess like not so much painful, but one of the most profound lessons I've come to terms with I think more this year but something that's been like occurring over the past few is no one's going to bail me out no one is going to be able to like do the work for me and get me to the place I want to be or get me out of the place that I was in because they just can't like no one else can do the work for me and I've got to be the one who stands up for myself and just puts the work in to be better or just puts the work in to get get to the place that I want to be or to get out of the situation that I was currently in. Um, especially during like the pandemic, I think like during that initial shutdown, that's kind of when that like, that ideology kind of like really hit me. It was like, it's, it's all me. Like it's all on me to do the best for myself. Um, it doesn't like, no one else can say a magic word. No one else can do like, the ma- give me like a magic pill to like make it all happen. Like. No one can like grab my hand, like pull me along with them as they do the work. Like, no, I've got to stand up, be a big boy and do it my damn self. And since moving out on my own this year, I think that's like, that's hit home a bit more because I've got to make things, I've got to make ends meet. I've got to do the damn thing to make sure that I'm in a good financial spot as well as being able to do other things that fulfill me in life. Like beginning of the year, I was working basically three jobs as well as um, applying to school, like getting into like transferring schools and also again, like trying to find a job in like personal training in person. So as I moved, like I realized like, it's like, I've got to be the one to like make all these big decisions. I've got to be the one who has planned everything out, has everything in order, is doing all the work behind the scenes that when you're younger, I feel like a lot of like, there's always gonna be someone else doing that for you or helping you with it. Whereas over this past year, like, again, it was me on my own. So I had to do the thing myself. Um, So I guess like it wasn't, okay. So I guess more in past years, that's been more of a painful lesson to realize because it's been more of a slap in the face at times. Whereas this year, it's something that I've truly come to terms with over like this transition for me. yeah, I think it's it's interesting to see because I think that's something that, at least for me personally, that was like a big like stepping stone for me. That was like a big mental transition for me into like being more of an independent person myself is that I've got to do the work. I've got to like keep everything in order because only me and only me can control me and everything in my life, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really profound. So, yeah. Um, okay, so I think I thought of mine. I think Shoot. I thought. <laughs> okay, so, um, so I, it's kind of like a two-part thing. So the first thing is that, like, life is really fragile, and you only get one body. You only get 
one life and you only get certain opportunities and you may never get them again. And I guess the way that I see it is like, instead of worrying about like the what ifs in the future, like it's, I really think that it's important to focus on like exactly the moment that you're in and to just fully be present and absorb it because you may never get it back. You may never get certain experiences with people or you, you never know if you're never going to see them again. Like, um, like my grandma passed away. And like, when I visited her, like I had no idea that we would never see her again. Um, and that was really hard for me because I don't mean to like make what happened to her about me, but she is my only like was my only living family member and so like I mean besides my parents like outside of us um and so that was really difficult because you know I mean it's difficult for me but it was also really difficult for me to see what she went through in that nursing home and I almost have like I mean PTSD from what I saw there um and that's something that like is really hard um, and so ever since then, I've, it's been constantly on my mind, like, um, I don't ever want to end up here. I don't ever want to end up in a nursing home. And what's scary is like, I would, my mom told me that her mom would say like, don't ever put me in a nursing home. I'm never going to end up there. And that's literally what I say all the time, but I've realized that you can say things. This is where the lesson comes in another one, but is you can say things, you can say you want things, you can say you're going to do things, but if you don't actually like, <clears throat> like take the steps to get those things done, like nothing is guaranteed. So really all you can do is the best that you can. So like, if you say that you want something, you have to have a plan to like make it actually the reality. So like <clears throat> for me, I just, like I, um, like if I don't want to be in a nursing home, I have to be healthy. I have to be independent. I have to be competent and like mentally with it. And so by doing the things now that will, I guess, like lead me to that so that hopefully that never happens. Um, you know, I have to do those things. I can't just wish that they happen and like not actually make them happen. So how do I do that? I mean, I lift weights several times a week um, because as we age, we lose bone density and muscle um, and all kinds of things. So setting myself up for, I guess, success starting pretty young um, and just I'm going to continue with it and eating right and all that stuff um, and just taking good care of myself because kind of like you were saying, Dawson, like nobody's going to do those things for you. And when you get old, it, then people will have to do it for you if you can't do it for yourself. And, but guess what? The situation I'm going to be in, no one's going to be there to do shit for me because I don't have any younger family members or like a completely younger generation of maybe like just people who I'm associated with in some way who can kind of like, I don't know, step in and help me if I can't help myself when I'm like 90 years old or something. And I don't want to put that on anyone. Number one, I don't want to be that kind of a burden to anyone. Um, and I don't want to, most of all, I don't want to be that burden to myself. So I'm going to take really good care of myself so that like literally until the end, like I'm going to be lifting weights and eating right and taking care of myself because I don't want to have to deal with more suffering than I've already been through. So it's yeah. just, yeah, it's just something that I have to do because I don't want to end up in where I don't want to end up. And I don't know, I genuinely like living the lifestyle that I do now. So, you know, that's kind of, that's it for me. So. Yeah. I think like, again, like the cool thing there is it's all on you. Like it comes down to like, it's up to each individual person to truly like put in the work to make the life and like the outcomes they want to achieve. So like in Emily's case, like where she does not want to end up like dependent on like others later in life in terms of like care um, and even just like living really. So she's putting in the actual, actual, actionable, there we go. Actionable like actions. Oh shit. She's putting in the actions now. There, we're just gonna, we're just, yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. That was rough. She's putting in the actions now to ensure that doesn't happen or at least set herself up for success to prevent that from happening. 
So again, comes down comes down to you. Mm, that's a very powerful lesson. Thank you both for sharing that. Because um, I know for me, like it's really hard to come to terms with that you're the only support you really ever have. Like your supports in your life can only do so much. And then you actually have to take the horse for life by the reins and ride it, if you will, ride that, ride that ocean. Um, now, my third question is um, what makes a good leader and what do you, would and do you feel able to carry that mantle in your lifetime? I love that question. Oh my God. Um, so for me, what defines a leader is not someone who can command control or someone who can like command action, but someone who can lead by example and then all. Like, like lead by respect, respect of the, themselves and also like the respect of others and from others, if that makes sense. So with that, it's being one to like to step up to also being like assertive with yourself and also with others being disciplined, being also like a role model for those around you, being someone that like others look up to for help and support, but also as like a, again, like that leader, like that leadership role. Um, as a or going along with the second part about is that something that I feel like I can't uphold throughout my life it's something that I aspire to uphold and something that I aspire to be to those around me and it's definitely something that I will fully admit is not my strongest suit as of right now but it's something that I'm actively working towards I guess um I feel like in that same manner it's a lot of like internal work to really like achieve that, like not like achieve that status, but like to become that type of individual in your life, like to yourself and to others, it's a lot of internal work at first, I believe. And I believe it truly comes out of a lot of like introspection and a lot of just like being aware of who you are and how that might benefit you or, or and how that might work against you. Yeah, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you are with um, where that's not really your strong suit yet, but that it's something that you're working on. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat because, well, I mean, from a very young age, I've always had very, very low self-esteem. So it was never my, I guess, it was never brought to my attention that that was even a goal of mine um, because in the past, I never... I wouldn't say that I was like a follower of other people because I've always thought for myself, but I just kept that to myself. Um, I've always been like, I guess a deep thinker where like, I like, I guess I am introspective, but I never really like shared it. And I just kind of like live that way silently. Um, so I guess it's kind of new, a little bit of new territory for me. Yeah. Um, I guess you could say that we do that stuff through coaching in a sense, because like Absolutely. we're leading, yeah. Cause like we're leading by example. Um, and sometimes like we share mistakes that we made at the beginning of our journeys. And like, maybe that's like, at least the things that I'd mentioned the most, like, you know, stop doing the booty bands, stop doing the cable pull throughs, the kickbacks. The reason I emphasize those things, I guess that's because I literally used to do them. And so I think, a, I guess, for someone who's maybe not like a leader, but in the position of like advising people or helping people, I think sometimes the reason that we are so passionate is because a lot of those mistakes, or I don't even want to say mistakes, but just like learning experiences, like we've been there too. And so that's why like we're in a good position to be advising other people, kind of like how I'm like really passionate about like full recovery from an eating disorder because like we're both proof that it's possible. Um, yeah. and so, and you know, you hear it all the time. Like some people say it's not possible. Some people say it is. And um, I don't know, I think for myself and I do think that it's possible because there's people who do it all the time. It's just not everybody talks about it. So, um, but it is possible and it's real, it exists. So yeah, I don't know, I think 
like we can't like one person can't be a leader of all the things but we can be leaders on what we're like experts on but when I say expert I just mean like our personal experience that like has made us who we are so okay yeah that's beautiful um according to y'all like what denotes poverty like how else can we enrich enrich ourselves when not everyone has access to temporal pleasures could you repeat the first part of that real fast i'm so sorry yeah according to you like what denotes poverty like what indicates someone is poor okay so for me personally I feel that I guess what I would perceive as poverty and like labeling someone as like poor in that sense would be I don't know where this. For me, I think it's almost of like their ideology and their view of themselves and the world around them. If someone's view of themselves and the world around them is always as like a victim or as always um, like just a very low like outlook on just everything, I guess, to me that almost like coincides with like that poverty if you will because that individual is almost setting themselves up to constantly see the same failures or not even failures but always have like these um i guess lower level like i don't want to say outcomes but constantly be like achieving at like that lower level if you will just across the board solely because how their own outlook is on um, the world around them as well as like their personal view of themselves almost in, like hand in hand with um manifestation almost as like as they're thinking like these negative like aspects around the world how like they're not going to be successful how um no one wants them like x y and z like all that their actions are going to fall in line with those thoughts somewhere along the line and it's going to basically like keep them in that cycle recurring so it's almost a lot of like that mindset rather than any like so like um physical like physical standing i guess financial standing social standing whatever you want to wear there it's more of like a mental like internal thing i think mm -hmm. i agree with that yeah i i would say like a lot of it is like self-limiting beliefs like yeah, where, exactly, yeah yeah like the where you just um, and like, I don't know, I'm just speaking from my personal experience, but like, I've had some self-limiting beliefs, but they were literally because of like actual things that have happened and they were real. And they were things where like, I maybe didn't once have a self-limiting belief, but, um, I guess I just didn't luck out. And so my brain or I, or we use that as, as a reason to basically say, okay, like everything is bad. Um, Whereas, I don't know, as I've like, I don't know, I don't want to say like gotten older, because I mean, I'm not like old, and I don't consider myself some like old and wise, like philosopher or something. I don't think of myself that way. But like, I just think as the years have gone on in my life, I feel like I just see things from like different perspectives. So like, while I can say that in certain areas of my life, I probably did get the short end of the stick, I probably did get effed over. However, there are other things that like, um, I guess were in my control or are in my control now at least. And so I'm, I take full advantage of those things. I take full responsibility of those things because I don't accept the bare minimum from myself anymore. Um, and I don't try, I don't like spread my energy thin um, among like a billion different things. Like I actually put my 
energy and my effort into the things that are like the most important to me. And if something isn't like a strength of mine, um, but it's not something that I really want to be good at anyway, I'm not going to like put all my effort into that. Like I'm going to put my effort into things that uh, like I know that I want to get better at or that at least interests me. So yeah, I guess it's about like, where do you put your energy? And I think that can make a big difference in the outcome. So yeah. Yeah. You're both very well read and intelligent. Like these answers are just beautiful. Like a wonderful marinara sauce. Thank um, you. I love that. You're welcome. <laughs> Okay, so my fifth question, what makes you feel safe? How do we fortify or even build a sense of safety or keep our Beit Shalom, other words, house of peace intact when tempests are around us or we experience trauma? Um, can I start this one? I sort of have Absolutely. some idea. Um, so for me personally, I kind of thrive on like routine. And so, uh, and like, so I guess, I don't know, I, I don't know. And I'm someone who like, I would consider myself like a highly sensitive person. So like, I feel things very intensely. So if something affects me, I guess like, it really affects me, even if it's like something that some people would consider like minor, like to me, it feels very traumatic. So I don't know, but I guess everyone experiences everything differently. But anyway, like for me, um, I find that like certain rooms in my house, in the house, most of them have various bad memories associated with them. So like my room, we're in my room, all the bathrooms, the kitchen, everywhere uh, has some bad memories associated with it because of my past. And um, so I guess you could say it's trauma, but I, I don't know if I would call it that because at the time I was so desensitized to it, but I will say that the way that I've managed to like, I don't know, like clear out that terrible energy in all of those places is to create new experiences or lack of bad ones in those same places and just desensitize myself to that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like I used to engage in eating disorder behaviors in my room and it's been a very long time since I have. So it's kind of like out of my mind and it doesn't have that power over me anymore. Like those memories. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so I think that one way to, I don't know, I guess heal from certain things is to just try to like crowd yourself with better experiences or just no more of those bad experiences in those places. Um, and then that kind of frees up some space to do other things and think about other things. And then comes in the routines of um, just doing things where you're bettering yourself you know, kind of just as a way to show yourself that you're more than those bad experiences, you're more than what you've been through, um, you're stronger than it, because here you are doing difficult things. Um, and so that does give me a sense of safety, because I know that I am responsible for myself, I can fend for myself, like I'm not a threat to myself. If somebody, because I lift weights, if, if somebody tried to mess with me, even if I would lose, I would still have the confidence that I would win because I am really strong for my size. And, you know, even if, even if they were able to like overpower my strength, you know, because I think that I can in my mind, at least that gives me that sense of safety because I feel like I can defend myself. So I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that does. I think for me, what almost like defines my safety, if you will, is more of like, again, like kind of more of an internal thing primarily. And it's a sense of self almost. Like it's a sense of being very conscious of myself and my actions and being very aware of just who I am 
um, something that I've really been like dedicatedly like working on, um, like personally for the past like year or so is being more um, responsive rather than reactionary. And to me, that has almost allowed me to build more of a sense of security around my, not, okay, more of a sense of security within myself in terms of I am in complete control of my actions and my emotions. And I can, I almost control what I let affect me, if that makes sense. Now, I don't mean that in a way of just like completely like ignoring different things that like I don't want to like let affect me or like completely just like blowing off being desensitized to something. It's more of, I give my, it's almost how I just like, almost how I disperse my energy. Um, like if I experience something throughout my day, but like to me, it's like, I recognize that it really doesn't affect me or impact me at all in that much shape. I'm not gonna give it as much energy as I would something that affects me a lot more. Um, like just as an example, like if I, was told like tomorrow that like I'm losing my like my physical job I'm gonna give more energy to that rather than someone like breaking a hole in my wall like my neighbor breaking a hole in my wall I'm it's more like how I'm responding to that and then that sense of security within myself knowing that like I am in control in both situations solely on how I respond if that makes sense um in terms of like more of a physical safety I think what's really like been something for me is I've recreated like that's what safety means. I've like almost like re reimagined what safety means in my mind, as well as I've created a safe space around me. Um, again, it's like again like moving out like in my own place kind of helped with that because I was able to create like my apartment to be like what I want in a place, and it was I was truly able to make it my own. So I'll fully admit like that was a bit of a I won't say an easier route, but it was a lot more streamlined of a process rather than trying to come to terms with like what would happen, like different bad memories that would be associated with like places my older houses that like I've lived in throughout the years. Um, and again, like that safety to me is like more, of, it's more of an internal thing, I guess, for me at least. Thank you. That's a really good answer, both of you. Um, now, my next question is sort of about fitness or health. Um, in your opinion, can you be overweight or obese and still advocate for the physical and mental health of, of others in our society? Or is, is being skinny or muscular a, require, a needed requirement for people to take you seriously today? I ask this because like so often I've been um, scrutinized because I'm in a bigger body, albeit it doesn't look like, um, it doesn't look like I'm that obese because of my stature. However, I've always been criticized because I eat these healthy foods and I'm not losing weight, which seems to be the focus of today. A lot of people tend to just want to lose weight and that's the only way you can be healthy. So what are your thoughts? Um, do you wanna go first or should I go first? I have some thoughts I can start with. Shoot, shoot. Okay. I'm my feet off of yours, but I also have my own thoughts. So no, go okay. ahead. Um, okay, so first of all, you know, anyone who assumes anything about your health based on just what you look like, first of all, I'm going to rant, just excuse me, but you don't owe them shit. Like, I'm sorry about the finger pointing, you know, but you don't owe them anything. You don't owe them your health. Um, you don't owe them an appearance. Um, you owe yourself health, um, you know, but again, like there are different genetic factors involved. I mean, I'm not going to like list all of them, but um, again, I'm not saying that everything is just genetics because of course there are ways to, I don't want to say like override it, but I mean, I'll give myself an, as an example, like genetically, I am meant to be really little. I was, I was less than five pounds when I was born. Like I'm not meant to be like a buff, tough person. And but I, I suppose I've overridden, not, not that I've gotten there yet, but I'm in the process of, I guess, overriding those genetics by 
eating a shitload and lifting heavy and pushing myself. And I guess maybe that's the opposite sort of example, but so obviously, yes, I have my genetics, but there are some things I've managed to kind of alter the outcome, but it doesn't mean that like it, it doesn't mean that I am necessarily like, I don't know. It doesn't mean that it's not more, maybe it's more difficult for me than somebody who has genetics that make it easier for them. Um, and so I think the same thing can work in your situation as well, where like, maybe you have some genetic factors that make it like more difficult for you. But again, that doesn't mean that it's impossible. However, if it's like, like, if the way that people are treating you is affecting your mental health, I don't think the priority should be like weight loss just so that people treat you differently um, or so that you're accepted. I think you should be focusing on your health over your appearance and whatever your, I guess, I don't know, like appearance is meant to be if you're doing those healthy things for yourself, like you're eating well, you're, um, and you know, the right things and the right amounts and you're training. Um, or even if you're not training, like as long as you have some activity throughout the week, like even if you're just getting in some walks or something like that, like if you're doing those good things for yourself, things will fall into place. And like, if people have opinions, um, it again, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, I guess what matters is that, I mean, like your health is between you and your doctor. It's not between random people who have things to say. Um, and I don't know, I think ultimately like there has to be a point where um, you, you know, make these choices for yourself, not because you're doing it to avoid conflict with other people and, you know, being told bad things about yourself, but like you do it because you, you see the value in like, okay, like it's, you know, having the apple instead of the candy bar, like this is, I'm doing this for me to fuel myself better. And like, it seems like, you know, you, that is the way that you eat because you, you know, you eat, you eat healthy and, um, you know, and like, yes, um, it is possible to eat healthy foods, but too much of them and be in, um, like a caloric surplus, um, without knowing that you are. Um, but again, I think that mental health comes first. And, um, like, since you deal with an eating disorder, I just think that focusing on intentional weight loss rather than, you know, your mental health, your physical health. I don't know. I just think mental and physical health should come first and focusing on like your recovery should come before trying to intentionally change your body, if that makes sense. Because, you know, if you really try to intentionally change your body and then you have these tendencies um, where you just get sucked into either restriction or um, binging or purging, I just think that you're better off just trying to take small steps to have healthier habits, um, you know, like, and, and just improving, working on your mental health, because ultimately that's going to be a whole lot healthier than harming yourself in order to make yourself a different size that, you know, maybe, maybe you are, maybe you aren't meant to be. And also like, what are your, what your expectations are of yourself really matters too. So when it does come to anyone losing weight, I never recommend fast weight loss because that's not healthy or yeah. So, and also it's like miserable because so the way that I, um, approach and not weight loss, but like fat loss is, you know, eating the most that you can, but like still getting results at the same time. Like you don't need to eat even less because it will happen faster. And I think that's, that, that's something that a lot of people don't realize is, you know, say they're losing a pound a week and they're like, okay, great. Like, let me just now cut this down even more so I can lose three pounds a week. It's like, no, that's going to backfire yourself cool you're like there's no need to do that like just stay consistent um yeah um and focus on like lifting weights and getting strong and um changing your body composition if you want if that's a goal that you have it's good for your health it's good it'll 
keep you younger, feeling younger at least, um, and just good, more energetic. So, but don't do that for the purpose of, you know, trying to fit in to a certain way, like, um, or, you know what I mean? Like to change your body, like do it because you respect yourself, do it because you have goals and you want a future and you want to feel good and strong. So I don't know, that's kind of my take on it. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think where I want to start with this is going to be that one, our society has a very, very skewed, very skewed view of what health and fitness looks like. Um, again, like as everyone knows that you got to be like skinny, you got to have abs to be like fit and like, yay, abs aren't fucking healthy for you. Um, I'm just going to throw that out there. I also think that weight loss is overglorified. Um, there's a lot of individuals who like, okay, so I work with a lot of individuals in person and nine times out of 10, someone comes to me saying, I want to lose weight or I want to like lose X amount of pounds. I look at them and dead the eye and I'm just, and I say that like, that shouldn't be your first goal or not. Like, I don't say it bluntly like that, but like, I kind of like talking through like why they may not necessarily need to because they already look fantastic. And I'm not saying that from like a weird perspective or like a biased perspective. I'm simply saying that like these individuals are already coming to me pretty like lean, like lean. And they've been sold the fact that they need, they need to lose weight or that they were sold that you're going to do this personal training to lose weight and look better. When a lot of these individuals come to me, they already are pretty strong. They're already pretty, they look like that fit active look. Um, so I think first and foremost, health looks different for everyone kind of what Emily was alluding to, like, you need to work, like, that mental state needs to be defined first, and that needs to be solid before weight loss is ever in the equation, I believe, and that's, again, like, where society, I think, goes wrong, because it leads on these expectations, these expectations that everyone needs to lose weight, everyone needs to, like, try this diet, or everyone needs to be in a caloric um, deficit. Like, a side note here, like, if you go around to every damn magazine, or every, like, every fitness focused like outlet in mass media, you don't see the word color, caloric surplus anywhere. You only see deficits, you only see diets. And I think that's very telling of our society. Um, and you also see like, you know, people like complete like Photoshopped on magazines most of the time. Um, so going back to it, health looks different for everyone. And I think the mental fault, like the physical will follow your mind the physical will follow the mental and the um, external will follow the internal. So if your mindset's not right, your body's not, your body's going to follow your mind. So if your mind's not in a good place then your body's never not going to be able to be in a good place. Same as with like your external appearance. Like if your internal function isn't where it needs to be, your external, like your external appearance is not going to follow suit what you want it to be. Um, so I also want to say that Weight loss looks different for everyone. And what works for some people isn't going to work for everyone else and vice versa. So again, this is where it comes to, you need to be in a good mental state before you even think about weight loss or a diet or like a cut, like a fat loss phase, or even like a contest prep. Like you need to be in a good mental state. You need to have your ex's nose, like you dotted all the I's, you crossed all your T's, like X, Y, and Z here. Um, when it comes, that's that bag of worms. When it comes to being not so much of like this fit, like skinny, like quote unquote, like picture perfect person and like giving out like fitness and health advice, I think that anyone who is qualified and has a knowledge and experience to back it is more than able to give out that health and like that advice. Um, I don't think your physical appearance is a should not be a selling point and it should not be a indicator of your knowledge and experience because I mean yes like someone who lives in like freeze lifestyle it, they're going to lead by example which is great but again like that person who doesn't fit that exact like picture perfect mold can also live that lifestyle and still lead by example because again health and fitness does not look the same for everyone um yeah that's and I've 
I will fully say there that there is a point of like not being like healthy in terms of like weight. And I think that is, again, it comes down to, you need to want that health and that fitness and just like that good, like that better state for yourself. You can't want it because someone told you you did, or you can't want it because your aunt was like, made a comment to you at like Thanksgiving or something. Like you need to want it for yourself for it to truly be successful and for you to truly just have that longevity that you desire, I guess, if that makes sense. And if that answers your question. Yes, it really, it really does make sense in answering my question. Um, my seventh question uh, would be, why is it that indigenous Afro and Latino Americans don't have a lot of access to health superfoods and how do we make the healthy lifestyle more approachable? Ooh, could you could you um say that one more time? I'm sorry. I like my brain like caught half of that. Yeah. Why why is it that indigenous Afro and Latino Americans don't have a lot of access to health superfoods and how do we make a healthy lifestyle more approachable to those who either can't afford it or um, don't feel represented in the media. Okay, so, Emily, were you gonna say something? Um, I'm, I'm like sort of halfway okay, through my thoughts, okay. Sorry, like the Zoom, like, like switch over to you like you were gonna say something. Um, oh, okay. No, don't worry. Um, okay, so I'll come back to like the term superfoods, so I will come back to that. First though, I think it's gonna, okay, so I think the reason why, and again, like, I will fully admit I am probably not, I'm not qualified to speak on this. Um, as a white individual, I don't feel qualified to speak on this. However, I will say that just from my from my understanding and from my like just observing how things have trended over time in the, especially like the fitness space, there is a lot of underrepresentation and there is also I think a it comes down to a socioeconomic difference as well, which I do think has it does have its roots in racism. I will fully say that. Um, solely like if you look at like numbers in terms of like how wealth falls, like how the wealth dis distribution falls across society, how it is slightly skewed. And I think that skew does have an impact on the accessibility to different more wholesome and like nutritious foods than others, if that makes sense. Um, and then that in turn leads to lack of representation because these individuals don't have these has don't have as easy access to some of these different materials, some of these different opportunities and options from that. Um, yeah, that's again like I don't I'm not qualified to speak on that. I that's just again like kind of from my observation, and I am more than willing to listen and learn to anyone who would like to give me more information there. Um, when it comes to superfoods, hey, um, are there foods out there that are gonna have like a little, like pack a little punch and like have like different more benefits and like say like a cucumber? Absolutely. But I think like trying to like market them as like more wholesome than like something else. And then using that as like a way to, I don't wanna say like, block individuals from entering the space because they like lack the financial capacity to like afford some of these quote unquote superfoods. I think that's where we have an issue because again, like if you can't afford chia seeds, but you can afford fish, like you're good. Like, or like something like that, like you're still getting those omega three somewhere. Chia seeds aren't necessary to your diet, but like chia seeds would be considered a superfood. Not everyone needs like a nootropic. Um, so like a lot of like different like mushrooms, like reishi, 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 lion's mane, like turkey tail, like all those fun things are like considered superfoods in like the health and fitness space. And they've been proven to have like their own like cognitive benefits and even like different health benefits. However, those aren't exactly necessary. And it's not to say that we can't get those same benefits from different methods. 
And I think, again, it's kind of where, like, that difference in, like, socioeconomic background might have a play. Um, but again, like, that's just, like, superfoods. Like, I think we need to, like, do away with the term superfood because I don't think it fits the description as, it like, people market it to be. And I think it's just another, like, marketing buzzword. word. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, regarding the superfoods, um, I mean, at one point they were saying that blueberries are a superfood. And they are superfood. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but that was like all the, yeah, I mean, they are, but that was all the, all the rage. And that was the one food that at one time people were saying like, you need to have blueberries, you know? And then it was, I don't know, like goji berries um, or like mulberries. And then, I don't know, it kind of just moves around to different things. False trends. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, again, like I'm not, I don't, I think, you know, if something is being marketed as a superfood, I think it's good to research what is, which micronutrients are in it that make it a superfood. And then, you know, if you don't feel that you're getting enough of that micronutrient in your, those micronutrients in your diet, then I would say, you know, research foods that are rich in those nutrients um, that are more affordable. So like, for example, like, you know, instead of buying like, you know, dried blueberries or like blueberry powder or something, um, you know, buy a big bag of frozen blueberries um, at a store where, okay, like you may have to shop around and see like where you can get the best deals. Um, so that will take a little bit of effort in like pre- pre-planning but you know some places um or are you gonna say aldi or i was gonna say like i'll save you all the time like aldi has like i think like two and a half pound bag of like frozen blueberries for, like 250 so anyway like i'll save you guys that time and effort there anyway continue emily i'm sorry yeah so just like places where you can get stuff in bulk at a really good uh price and just stick to simple stuff like you know blueberries as opposed to like fancy other types of berries that are very expensive. Um, instead of buying, you know, fancy greens powders, if that's something that you can't afford, just buy big bags of frozen greens. Um, you know what I mean? Like just like the little things like that. Um, yeah, um, as far as, um, you know, representation um, or not being represented um, and, you know, other things like that, I feel that I'm also not, um, qualified to speak on that just because it's not something that uh, I've dealt with or that I guess I've been I've never been in a situation where my eyes were open to that specifically but because you brought it up I am going to make sure that I look into it more and try to get a better understanding of it and you know if you have any articles or um, things that you can send us that are um, just a good introduction to learning about these things like you know, we would both love to learn more. So, yeah. I will give a small shout out here. My friend, um, Apply Pressure Fitness on Instagram. It's Apply and then Pressure, P-R-E-S-H-U-R-E, -E, Fitness. Um, she does make a lot of content and does speak on that representation matter a lot as a um, Black individual or a person of color herself, a queer person of color herself. So um, I would definitely like check out her for kind of more info on that because I do, she is a lot more qualified to speak on this matter and she has spoken out on it multiple times. So yeah, shout out Fresh. Thank you. Thank you both for, you know, your intelligent and well thought out answers. Now I'm going to switch things up and ask you to ask me any questions you may have a bit for me. And I know this is the first time I guess you're meeting me Dawson. So I'm sure you have, you may have more questions than Emily might um, since she knows me a bit better. That's fair, that's very fair. Um, let's see. I think a question from me would, or from me would be what brought you into the health and fitness space if you don't mind me asking so 
Um, I guess like what brought me into health and fitness a little bit um, more so health for me um, was the fact that I have dealt with an eating disorder for almost eight years. Um, a very, you know, severe and disturbing eating disorder that has wrecked every facet of my life. Um, my relationships, my, you know, with my family, my friends from high school, college, um, and it's ravaged my health in so many ways, um, along with a few suicide attempts, like the physical, like the physical side effects of those things have made me really value health um, more than I did. Because um, I, I realized I really don't, even though I have a desire, like sometimes to die, the idea that my body could be failing before I even got um, a chance to do anything that I would like to do has really put things into perspective for me. Um, so that's one, one of the reasons why I am so, uh, I desire to be healthy. For so yeah. long, I, you know, for so long I thought that being healthy was to be skinny because I have people in my life who tell me, you know, you need to lose weight. Um, and the scary thing about the eating disorder is once I lost the weight, people were congratulating me and saying that I was doing a great job. You know, you're so healthy, keep it up. Even doctors for crying out loud. And so it's like, you know, it feels so often that recovery is not for me because I'm in a heavier body. Um, it feels like recovery was for people who needed to gain weight. I feel like I didn't have to gain weight, yet I still gained weight in recovery because my body was healing itself. Granted, it's not finished healing itself. I still have some challenges, but yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, seriously, thank you for sharing. I think that is very insightful, and I think it's also just very brave to just speak that into the world. Um, and again, it goes to show that like health looks different for everybody, especially in terms of like doctors like congratulating you on like that weight loss that wasn't in like a healthy manner. And again, I think this is where like in our society we see this a lot more often than we think in terms of a lot of like people being congratulated upon like their physical appearance, even though like mentally they are far from a good spot. Um, how like throughout my entire journey thus far, like I've experienced something, so, granted it was the opposite side of the spectrum, but it was still like, I understand where you're coming from there. Um, oh shit, I was gonna say something else there. I just lost my train of thought, I'm so sorry. Can you hear Teddy barking? I can. <laughs> yeah, I lost it. Okay. Let me know. That's what happens when I like put something in my back pocket. It just falls out. Um, I'm the same way. Like I forget things really quickly sometimes. So here it is. I'm sorry. It came back. Can I tell you why? Um, I'm horrible at this. I think one major win you have to see is that you recognize that you, your body is healing itself through a little bit of weight gain. And I know granted that is very uncomfortable and it's not what you want to see. I think like you personally recognizing it as I, this is necessary and this is like in the right path for now. I think that's a huge step. Um, because I know like that physical appearance, it can have a very heavy hold. And I know that the feelings associated with that are very strong sometimes. But again, like being able to like have that like 
that conscious thought of this is necessary for the short, this is necessary for me right now for my long-term health and longevity. I think that's a very good place to be in because again, like health looks different for everyone. Um, yeah. Okay. Emily, you can go now. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. No problem. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just want to say, I completely agree with everything that you said. And like, I second it. I completely agree. Um, yeah. So I guess, let's see, my question would be, um, okay. So it's a little bit more lighthearted, but, um, what is your favorite breed of dog or your favorite dog breed? <clears throat> That's a lovely question. Um, so my sister has a Labrador. Um, she's not your typical Labrador. She was in a puppy mill and they breeded her or they, you know, they mixed her with somebody in her family and she lost her fur. Um, so it was pretty messed up what they did. Um, but besides the, that's besides the point, like I love Labradors. Um, uh, I love, um, let me see. Um, what is it called? A German Shepherd. And, you know, I had a German Shepherd once. His name was Mac. And he was very beautiful, very loyal. Uh, and he would always like lick me like obsessively and which was really nice. I have to tell you the truth. Um, receiving that kind of love from a animal is, there's nothing to describe it. There's, there's very, it's very, it's very healing for me to be in, you know, in a, you know, it's just, it's really healing for me to have an animal. Um, unfortunately, I don't have an animal right now. Um, I had to give Mac to someone else because um, we were in a different country at the time when we moved to the United States. And um, so I had to give him, and then that person didn't take care of him. And he, Mac became aggressive when he was never really aggressive and they put him down so I was not able to, you know, have a dog since because I lack the finance, finances right now. Um, and I definitely love Maltese's now. Now that I know, you know, <laughs> what they look like, they're very beautiful and they're very, I feel like they're feisty and I love feisty, so. They are very feisty. They have big personalities. <laughs> so they're great. Gotta make up for their size somehow. Yeah, I, I totally understand. I know where they're coming from. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of feisty too. So, you know, maybe I feel like, I don't know. I, I'm really drawn to Maltese's just because they're so fearless. Um, and they like just, they make themselves known and they're just really, I don't know, playful. They like to have fun. So I don't know. I, I love Maltese's. I have a question for you, Dawson. What's your star sign? What's your star sign? I am a Capricorn, I think. Yeah. The, yeah, I don't have any of that memorized except that <laughs> I'm a Capricorn and I, I'll fully admit the only reason I remember that is because it's a seagoat and I just, I don't know. I think it's cool as hell. Yeah, I'm a Leo. Okay. I, so which month, like which time frame does like a Leo count for? Um, August, um, anywhere from, I believe, uh, let me see. I believe it's August 2nd to the 20, no, 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 hold on, July. Starts in like mid or late July and then goes all the way to um, at least the 24th or the 25th. 
and then you get into Virgo around, um, I think, 28 or 31. It's pretty cool. Yeah, thank you. So how are we on time? I was going to say, like... We went a little bit over, so... That's fine. We're good. Yeah, it's probably, oh, did no we? My mistake, y'all. You know, God, like, no, we're, you're good. Like, I just have a habit of, like, talking everyone's ear off, so... <laughs> Me too. I ramble a lot, so... Anyone have any more questions before we end this out? Um, I don't, but uh, Cass, you have a book. Do you want to tell where the listeners can find your book? I'll put the link in the description too. Sure. Um, so as Emily had said, I do have a book. I am a best-selling author uh, right now. Um, it's just, it's not showing that I'm a best-selling author, but I made it in the list and I was there for a few months, which is nice. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, the book is called, uh, don't let my name scare you. It's kind of like a, uh, autobiography, um, like from my perspective. Um, so I guess it would be like a memoir. I'm not sure the different genres, but I'm working on another book and it's a memoir. Um, but anyway, you can find Don't Let My Name Scare You on Amazon.com. I have the Kindle edition, which is $6.99, and the paperback, which is three something. And that's pretty cool. It's a good book. Awesome. Thank yeah, you both. That. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I'll, I'll put the link in the um, description. So thank you both for allowing me to interview. Absolutely. Thanks for being our first guest in the pod. Absolutely. I hope to collaborate with you more and more as the years go on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll be good. Thank you.